0: Today, I'm Sean, and welcome to the Car Expert Podcast. We have a massive show for you today. It involves Jade Credentino. Hi, Jade. Hello, Learning Sean. to drive a manual car. It's finally happening. So uh, stick around till later on the episode to, t- to see that happen. Uh, and Scott, you were there to teach her. Yeah, um, fresh
1: back from the chiropractor. Are you, are you okay? You, <laughs> I am, yeah, you yeah. You got over it? It's incredible. Insurance companies will sort most of it That's for you these days, which very is.
0: Very impressive. Uh, we've got a few other things we're gonna to talk to you about today. We're gonna to talk to you a little bit about the future of uh, car fuels, I guess. Uh, I don't give away energy. too much, but stick around. Yeah, renewable yeah. energies in cars. Uh, and, but we're gonna just dive straight in. Jade has a little announcement that's separate to her drive Driver manual that she wants to talk about. So Jade. Take it away.
2: I am so excited for this. So this has been something that's been in the works for the last few weeks. Guys, mark your calendars, the 14th of October, down here in Melbourne, we're gonna have a showcase of the cars that are gonna be coming to Australia towards the end of 2023 and early 2024 the whole team except for Sean is going to be there Um, but we are so excited all the details are going to be uh, on social media so you can find that at carexpert.com.au I'll also get Sean to put the details in the description of the podcast episode
1: wow Jade Um, I'm intrigued tell me more (laughs) what cars will be there
2: Um, so at this stage uh, we've got probably about 11 or you know close to cars we've got the Ineos Grenadier the Hyundai Ionic 6 EV, which I know is not new, but it's going to be on display with V2L capability. So if you guys haven't seen that before, that is very exciting. The new Ford F-150, the electric Ford Mustang MAC e the CX-60 uh, and CX-90 from Mazda, the Nissan Patrol Warrior, which I am probably most excited about. The uh, BMW i5, the Porsche Cayenne, the new facelifted model, and the BYD Dolphin. So we've got quite a lot of cars that are going to be there. I'm super excited. Definitely. It is going to be a ticketed event and for limited availability. So make sure that you guys head to all of the social media channels and find out all the information from there.
0: So Jade, I'm curious a little bit, um, this has been your brainchild. So where did this where did this idea come from?
2: I think it was just something that you guys, before my time, kind of did the Experience Center um, down in Sydney. I was somebody who actually visited it. I think it was really awesome. Did you visit awesome. the
1: Experience Center? I
2: did, I but it was day. in like its last days. Okay. Um, and I didn't recognize who was there. Um, they all
0: bailed out by that. They showed up for <laughs> <to> the opening <laughs> and get- did a final <laughs> op- and then they left again, <laughs> I,
1: yeah. I'm gonna go on the record and say, I spent a lot of nights at the Manly Travelodge. oh yeah. Uh, and then we were locked down in melbourne we couldn't go back to sydney so that's probably why we were yeah that's there. exactly
2: what's during uh, we had just opened up i think for lockdown um, so yeah i think it was really cool i think the idea and the premise of it was really good um especially like you mentioned being a female walking into a car dealership or something like that is quite overwhelming especially having that sales pitch right on you um so this event will be for everybody to come and have a look um, and no obviously hard sales pitch on there there's going to be some exciting Um, stuff there as well, which I can't release just yet, but make sure that you are following all of our social channels and we'll slowly uh, release that.
1: This is something we used to do at Car Advice. Um, Paul was the one who organised a lot of this stuff initially, but uh, it was really cool as well to meet people face to face because there are regular commenters who you just know as a username. Um, who you actually get to chat to? The car expert team will be there, so if you've got any burning questions for us or you want to abuse us about something, <laughs> please feel free to, to do it in person.
2: Yeah, I think oh, it's, you can't um, make
1: it Scott's home address. It, that
2: cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Um, James uh, Wong is the ambassador for Drive Against Suppression, and, and we've done quite a few of those drives this year. And it's always really cool meeting the um, car expert fans and the car expert people that actually follow what we do. So I'm super excited to meet all of you guys. Um, we've given you guys enough notice. It's going to be a about a month's notice. So again, the date is the 14th of October, 2023. So if you're going your it, it's the same
1: date as the referendum. Yes, <laughs> that
2: is correct. So make sure you either vote in the morning or vote straight after. Um, voting will be open from 8am <laughs> to 6pm. <laughs> I have done my research. This, this
1: podcast uh, is sponsored by the Australian Electoral Commission. Electoral
2: Yep. So we've counted all that in. I'm super excited. I think it's going to be hopefully one of many to come in the future. So if you can't make this one, let us know what cars you maybe want to see in the Future um, and comment down below which car you're most excited to see.
0: So yes, if you're in Melbourne or if you're not in Melbourne and you can make it down here for it, well worth coming. along. There is parking at the event, so you and there's also a hotel
2: a um, in the same complex. So if you're from yeah. out of Melbourne and you want to make a weekend of it,
0: so, so no excuse not to come along. <laughs> so yes, uh, do do head to the Car Expert website and we'll have all the details there. We'll also put a link in the show notes yep. for today. Uh, all right, let's move on uh, now that we've gotten Jade's little plug out of the way. You say a little plug. Huge effort in yeah, the background I mean, so, to put together a big event. I'm Don't you sell excited. this short?
2: Yes. I am very excited. So. Yes.
0: Uh, let's, I, I can't wait to see how it turns out. Uh, yeah, Even though too. I won't be there. Uh, yeah, but, no, I'm so excited. Yes, next to hear time. About it out. Out. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited to <laughs> hear how it turns out. So uh, I'm not sure there'll be plenty of things posted from it. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll probably talk about it more as more things come to light over the coming weeks as well. Right, I want to move on to uh, an interesting thing that we came out of IAA Mobility or the Munich Motor Show, which is what we spoke about last week.
1: Uh, hydrogen seems to be making a little bit of a comeback, doesn't it, Scott? It does. It was sort of pitched as the fuel of the future for quite a while there. I remember watching old Top Gears and James May was driving the Honda Insight in California with a little glowing the green little ball in the that, dashboard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's been put on the back burner by car makers because it's expensive to develop and all of a sudden we have these really strict emissions targets and the best way to meet them is electric cars right now. Um, I think the reason it's come back into sight is brands like BMW and Toyota are investing really heavily in it. BMW is now bringing more iX5s to Australia. Uh, the Toyota Mirai we're going to get more of in 2024. And Jade, was it the Hyundai Nexo was already on government fleets?
2: Yeah, that's right. So um, it is currently on government fleet. And I have been chatting to a few government bodies as well, and they're also considering it. So it's very exciting to see um, more hydrogen come through.
0: Well, um, just just to give people a quick history lesson here, uh, what is it that, that made sort of hydrogen come and go? Because it's huge in the space race. NASA uses yep. it to launch their rockets into space. But from a car perspective, why? Like,
1: w- what's the difficulty with it? Why'd they go away from it? So there's a couple of challenges with it. One of which is the fact that we don't have any infrastructure. Um, the reason that petrol engine cars or diesel engine cars are really easy is because within the range of a fuel tank, there is usually a petrol station to fill up. And that's the promise of hydrogen. But that promise only works if the fuel stations actually exist and the fuel stations only come about if there's enough cars on the road and you end up in this really tricky chicken or egg situation. Where well, you don't have a chicken or an egg, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you have the idea of both. Yeah. Whereas with electric cars, although the infrastructure is not incredible, you can charge those cars at home as well. Yeah. And that solves that problem to an extent. The other challenge with hydrogen is, for one, the PR disaster that was the Hindenburg. Don't know anything about it, <laughs> no, never heard of that. <laughs> uh, but it's quite difficult to transport and store. Mm. So petrol, although you still need reinforced tanks that aren't gonna blow up into a million pieces in a crash, They don't need to be heavily pressurized and bulletproof like hydrogen tanks in cars are at the moment. Uh, And that means that there is a lot of investment car makers need to put into, for one, making their cars safe, but also to actually moving this fuel around. And it's also hard to harvest hydrogen, isn't it? Even though it's the most abundant resource in the universe, it's actually very hard to, to get it, store it, and put it into a car. Right, well, one of the problems we have with electric cars is they're only as clean as the energy you put into them. And if the energy coming from the grid is dirty coal power, Uh, ultimately then they're still cleaner locally because there's no tailpipe emissions, but over the course of their life, they don't save the emissions they could relative to an internal combustion car. It's a similar story with hydrogen. There are ways to get it into tanks cleanly, but ultimately they are still fairly young technologies and they're quite expensive. It's the sort of thing the CSIRO is working on in Australia. You can also do it a dirty way, but doing it a dirty way and then putting it in a car designed to be clean doesn't make all that much sense. Very counterproductive, yeah. Okay, so uh, I know that BMW have uh, the
0: iX5 is going to come with limited numbers in hydrogen. Yeah, there are three of them coming to Australia. But But they're the biggest
2: hydrogen car that will be available in Australia, right? Yeah, so I think it's cool.
0: Yeah, so uh, as we said, uh, Hyundai launched the Nexo here uh, in the midst of COVID. So, uh, which you know, I went, I went in a Nexo. Really cool. It feels like an electric car to drive around. Um, refueling it was really fascinating because it was, I think it was three minutes, and it fully refueled the six or eight liter tank that it had. So it was actually a really impressive thing. And they built that car out of mostly recycled materials. So credit to Hyundai for that one. Um, uh, BMW bringing three iX fives, but I know. Uh, Ineos, which the Ineos Grenadier is a very, very cool Land Rover-ish
1: off roader but they've got a hydrogen version that they're working on, right? Yeah, so Ineos is committed to developing a hydrogen version of the Grenadier or one of their off-roaders. We know they've got more cars coming as well. And that is one of the spaces where hydrogen really does have potential. Um, Ultimately, it kind of makes sense to have an electric car if what you do mostly is drive it around the city because you don't need to carry around these hydrogen tanks. You can charge it at home. It's when you go into more remote places or you want to carry something really heavy on the back, like on a truck, for example, that hydrogen kind of makes a bit more sense and offers more options. And we're even seeing some brands talk about the idea of a fuel cell plug-in hybrid, for example, where you get 100K's range from the battery and you've got the hydrogen fuel cell to extend your range further. I'm really curious, Jade, we are nerds, Sean and I. We love this tech. You are less of a nerd. Is there anything about hydrogen that scares you or worries you?
2: Look, I think it's definitely behind electric in the sense of its um, reach in Australia and and how many people actually know about it and know fundamentally how it works. So I think with what Toyota and BMW are doing, it's in the right direction. I'd love to see a lot more education around it and actually a lot more everyday people or businesses who have large fleets actually kind of take it up. Um, Yeah, I I think it's exciting. I just really hope the government can get behind it.
1: Other question for you is, I, I think of hydrogen and I just think of Hindenburg explosion and really high pressure. I thought we weren't going to mention that, Scott. <laughs> yes, there's a hydrogen PR <laughs> first. No, yes. really. um, is that something that ever crossed your mind when we started talking about hydrogen? And does the idea of filling up at really high pressure worry you, or is that just an us thing?
2: Look, I think, again, I, I'm not too all over that hydrogen PR disaster so I think I have it. was have a while that, ago to be fair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was in black and white. Yes.
2: <laughs> I have the blessing of ignorance. Um, I think if it's done right I, I think there does need to be uh, some sort of training around it and, and needs to be used in controlled situations at first. I don't think you can bring a whole lot of hydrogen cars here and expect the public just to completely adopt them so that would probably be my only concern. I know more about electric cars and I know more about the uh, safety concerns around those as well so I think that you Equally, hand-in-hand have just as many concerns than the other yeah
0: I suppose I'm curious for both of you here um, theoretically Mm -hmm. hydrogen cars would be a cleaner carbon car overall from the building of the car to the fuel theoretically (laughs) because you don't have to mine all the precious metals that you do for a battery so I'm curious and I'll start with you Jade Mm -hmm. would that affect your buying decision or do you not care?
2: It's not that I don't care because I don't care about the environment. I think it's <laughs> no because I, I've got places to be and people to see and that's what it comes down to. I think a lot of people, when they look at what they can get for their money, how convenient it's going to be in their everyday life, those factors will probably play a more important role than the environmental uh, I guess, factors that come into it. I mean, people are still buying V8s. People are still buying and importing, you know, massive American Utes that have a lot of tailpipe emissions. So That's a
0: hybrid one, to be fair.
2: <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, to answer your question, I don't think people will have too much of a concern around the environmental, like, factors, and that's mostly because a lot of people don't actually know what it means.
0: So you think you, you care more about your individual footprint that you're creating whilst using the car rather than, what may or may not have happened to make the car to get get to you.
2: Yeah, I think the short answer is, yeah.
1: yeah. What about you, Scott? I think convenience is king and it always will be. Ultimately, the reason people buy cars, although there are people out there who buy big electric cars to make a statement, they buy them because they take them from home to work and to school and on holidays and all those things. And that's why we love cars as well, right? They're, They're freedom in your pocket in the form of keys. So... As much as I love the idea of the hydrogen footprint being cleaner, potentially, and again, it depends on how you source the hydrogen, how the power is being sourced to build the car and to charge it and all that sort of thing, Um, ultimately, uh, I'm with Jade, if an electric car better suits my needs, or there's an option to have an electric car and then a fun petrol weekend car, Mm -hmm. I think that fills my needs in the same way that maybe a hydrogen car would and based on current pricing, it'll do it for less. So. I guess the future is murky in terms of uh, the
0: fuel we might use because Porsche are working on an e-fuel to keep their old 911s running.
1: It's really, really cool tech. They take hydrogen, they capture carbon from the atmosphere, they use renewable energy to power the process, and they come out with this petrol that can run in current petrol engines and actually has fewer bad byproducts than organic petrol. It's a really interesting idea and... Although it might be expensive, it might be what lets us enjoy fun petrol cars for a long time into the future. So
0: you're saying that our 930 turbo on the wall could still keep working for the next hundred years? We're not gonna make a widow of the widow maker. <laughs> okay, well, that is some good news because I'd like to keep <laughs> my XRO running for a few more yeah. years. I want a 911 GT3, that's, that's for me. That's all right, well, if the, please like and subscribe so one day Scott can afford a 911 GT3. And if it goes really well, you might get the RS, you never know. I want a manual, want besides a manual? the point, okay, we're getting anyway, sidetracked. Besides the point. So. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of this tech going on. It does make a lot of sense for an industry standpoint, as you said. I think there's also no reason why they, we can't have both because we have petrol and we have diesel. And there was a while there where we had leaded fuel as well. But We've moved <laughs> yes. on from that, thankfully. <laughs> yes, but speaking of moving on, we should keep this uh, ball rolling. Leave us a comment, let us know, would you prefer battery, uh, a battery electric vehicle, a hydrogen vehicle, or stick to good old ice engines? Um, yeah, leave us a comment, let us know. Uh, and if you are looking at purchasing a new EV, there are a lot of options and it can be hard to find a really good deal, but we have a solution That's for a you. That's a great segue. <laughs> That's a great little... We, we, do, we do have a solution, and it's, it's, it's really simple. You head to Google and type in Help Me Car Expert, and that'll land you on a page with many pictures of Paul, who can help guide you through the purchasing process from finding a really good deal to connecting to a dealer and making sure that you get that good deal and you get, don't get stiffed at the end of the the whole road there which is i guess one of the things that can happen quite easily but thankfully the car expert dealer network is here to help you out so head to google type in help me car expert and if you do buy a car through help me car expert leave a comment let us know what did you buy and how was the process we'd love to know all right jade it's time we're doing it uh the other day we went out and we well, Scott, I said the backseat, was not much help. But, <laughs> you
1: know but Scott, uh,
0: Scott decided to teach you how to drive manual. Now, don't give away too much because the, everyone's gonna get to see how it went, but you were nervous going into um,
2: it? Yeah, mostly because of, um, it had been a, a little while since I had done it. And when I say done it, it was in a car park in a 2004 Hilux. So it's very different to what I'm gonna be driving uh, when I'm learning manual. Um, and look, I think the first bit went well. I'm just frustrated at how the second bit went. Um,
0: well, don't give it away too much. But uh, yeah, I'm
2: optimistic.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, here it is. This is how Jade went learning to drive a manual car. Jade, time for you to learn how to drive a manual car. Are you excited? What are you I'm wearing? wearing for you? You left your
1: safety kit at home. <laughs> No one has ever been hurt wearing a high-vis vest. I, that, yeah, <laughs> I can't argue with that I'm going to um, I shouldn't
0: have... Yeah. Okay, well, I've got your seat so far back that that <laughs> should keep me safe. You ready, Jade?
2: Yes.
1: All right, Scott, take the lesson away. Let's start the car clutch and brake. And we're on. Good start. Um, do me a favour and turn off start-stop using the button to the right of the steering wheel. Yep. Uh, is that, I'm going to mute the radio as well. Perfect, okay, so take the park brake off. Now, remember when you're changing gears, the clutch is on the floor, which it is at the moment. Yep. All right, first gear. Now we're on a flat surface, you can let go of that. We're on a flat surface here, so you should be able to step off the brake and the car won't roll. Yep. So to start with, no accelerator, and just bear in mind that that wall's in front of us there, so you're gonna need to steer a little bit and just really slowly come off the clutch until you feel the car start to sort of groan a little bit. Awesome. All right, that's your take up point. So just hold it there for the second. Yeah, really good. And now off the clutch completely. Off it all the way. Awesome. Well we're rolling. Races. That's How a good great
2: is
0: this? Start.
1: That's, that's awesome. This? Well done.
2: I'm so scared.
0: <laughs> 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 well, we've, we've, we've done well. We've got first gear down. All
1: right, so we're going to try for second. Once we've gone around this corner, maybe. Keep it in first for the moment. Yeah, hug um, the apex. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> Slow it fast, fast out. out. There you go. Awesome, so when you're changing gears, it's clutch to the floor, off the accelerator, yep. and then you want to gently feed, so clutch to the floor, yep. second gear. Awesome, now, gently off the clutch through that point and feed the accelerator back in. Ooh. Ooh, right, that's okay. <laughs> so the reason that happened is you just came a little bit too quickly off yeah, the clutch.
2: Yeah, I did kind of feel that clunk. So you
1: just want to go slowly through it, and it's easier when you've got more speed as well. That's really good. Well, like, what do we, wreck? time to hit the open road? I or? think it's time to hit the road, Russell Quay. So, Yeah, leave it in second and it'll go almost all the way down to standstill and you can either accelerate away or if there is something coming, just clutch in and stop and you put it back in first and start again. Um, it is worth
0: mentioning, with a manual, one of the good things you can do is actually use the gears to brake. You don't need to use the brake every time you come up to something like this. We so just you haven't gone use... fast enough yet for that to be a problem. <laughs> so, so, Jade, it is worth keeping in mind that as you pick up speed, if you're slowing down for a speed bump, you can just come off the throttle and the engine braking will do a lot yeah. of
1: the work for you. And so again, you can see third gear happily goes down to low speed. Yeah. Now, coming up to here, what do you need to do?
2: Um, pull the clutch in Yep. and brake.
1: All right, so with the clutch in, you can just use the, you don't need to worry about the gears. Just leave the clutch in, roll to a stop with the brake, put the car in neutral. There's no rush, there's nothing behind us. Nice and easy. That's so good. Well, well. done. And I'll just indicate right up here and we'll just do a UE rather than end up on the main freeway. Nice and easy, there's no rush, nothing behind us. Oh. <laughs> All
2: right, there we go. Clutch and
1: brake to start the car again. <laughs> All right, I didn't like this green anyway, we'll wait for the next one. <laughs>
0: that's <the best. laughs> Hey, we made it a long we way. We made before. it a long way. <laughs> that's pretty pretty <laughs> solid effort, DJ.
2: Okay, so what I did that time was what?
1: So you came off the clutch a little bit too quickly. If you want to come off it quickly, that's fine, but you need more accelerator. Uh,
2: okay, you got to really like match it. Yeah, exactly. I think we're going to get the green Oh, we should
1: be good here. All right. No rush, nice and slow off the clutch. Just take it nice and easy. Give it a bit of gas. Oh.
2: I did it again.
1: You're moving forward. All you need to think about is just getting the car. Here we go. First gear, slow, 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 slow. Yeah. Nice, there you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, we're going down a dead end straight. I thought you were going to do a new turn. That's okay, leave it in first. Okay, Jade, clutch in. You're stopping, clutch in, clutch yeah. in. Nice, okay. So first gear, that's first, all good. Nice and slow, he's got, he's miles away. There's absolutely he's no- He's
2: laughing ra- at me. <laughs> no,
1: he's not, he doesn't know. He's you're not in gear, you're not in gear. So first, no rush, just slow, slow, slow. Awesome, there well done. Go. I'd just like to point out, I think the helmet may have been overkill, but you kind
0: of nailed it, Jade. That's no. well done. Well done. Scott, um, I think we should get some lunch and leave Jade to practise her. Yeah, do you job, have the keys to the automatic? I do, yes, yeah, let's. <laughs> let's, let's go, go baby. All right, I'm out but of here, see Good <laughs> luck, Jade. Well, there you go. Uh, Scott, uh, you've recovered
1: from that experience? There wasn't that much to recover from. I've taught a few people (laughs) to drive manual. No, I'm not. Genuinely, you did a really, really good job. Um, I know that sounds patronizing, but (laughs) I've taught a couple of people to drive manual and that was one of the smoother experiences I've had.
2: Well, I think the car that we drove was great.
1: Yeah. It's been a a little bit now since you
0: learned to drive a manual. How are you feeling? Getting a bit of a hang of it now?
2: Yeah, I think I still have that anxiety going on the road. I think I would love to go on the road late at night when I can not be surrounded by a lot of pedestrians walking and traffic moving and just kind of get into the rhythm of a traffic light stop and all that type of stuff. It's... It's so much easier knowing how to drive a car and learning manual than I think learning manual and learning how yeah. to drive a car at the same time. So I think it's definitely not a dead thing yet. I've had a few people, you know, message me on Instagram when I posted about it and they're like, oh, well, you know, I know how to drive. Now I can just learn manual. And I was like, yes. Yes, you can. I'm not starting a revolution, but yes, well, learn this manual. This a
1: sports car. <laughs> this was a Mazda SUV, right?
2: Which so, does
1: have a lovely gear shift. Yeah, oh, I know it was the- great. I know that this is a nerdy thing to talk about. But driving that car, it's got one of the slickest gear shifts in a normal passenger car on the market. It's just fun. I took the keys for a night. Jack's driven it for a night. Anyone who drives it comes back and goes, that is lovely. There you go. One thing I did
0: want to point out on that car, and I think it's fairly common, is that it, they essentially have an anti-stall system in them. And I know this, you, you fell foul of it a couple of times when we were stuck at the lights there. Um, it would... Stall, you'd throw the clutch back in, which would start the engine again, but you hadn't realised, and by that point, you'd press the start-stop button again. It's actually an auto start-stop thing. Yeah, so it's um, restarted the engine, but Jade hadn't realised, uh, so she turned it? the car off. Oh nice. yeah. I think
2: it's a bit of column A, bit of column B, I think I pressed the start stop, uh, sorry, the engine on once and that restarted the start stop. Yeah, at which point that, it then got yep. in the way. Yeah, yep. that yep. actually makes total sense.
0: So yes, yeah, so I did, uh, as one of those things, the, the anti-stall that it is actually quite cool. It's quite a yeah. neat little, I-stop or whatever so, they
1: call it. So what the car essentially does, and if anyone's driven a really old, not even a really old, a recent manual car, a lot of them will, uh, don't do this, but as you start to come off the clutch, obviously the revs start to die. Mm-hmm. And in a car that doesn't do this, you've got to be really slow on the clutch if you don't want to use the accelerator or it'll stall. In this Mazda, and it was a system, I think Ford potentially pioneered with the Focus RS. It was one of the first cars to do this. But as you come off the clutch, as the revs dip, the car just gives you a little bit more to keep it above idle and stop it stalling, which, if you're in traffic, you're not feeling confident, and you want to go slowly on the clutch, that makes was where it I kept so much easier because yeah. you kept leaving your foot on the brake. With well, off no, the it was yeah. more <laughs> just well,
2: that also happened. Um, it was more just when you when I pulled my foot off the clutch in certain situations, I would have to pull it all the way off before I pushed the accelerator because I had enough reps. Like I had enough power to give me that momentum. Yeah. But when I was at that traffic light and I was, was stuck there for involved. quite a significant amount of time, yeah. um, you know, I forgot that I had to kind of give that extra push. So. Yeah, I quite enjoy that car. I'm keen to go out and do it a little bit more. Would I go out by myself again? No.
1: Ah, Jada and I have got it, a driving yet. test date booked in. Yeah. It's Lovely. all good. We're yeah. gonna sort
0: it out. Excellent. Yeah. So I know a lot of people will comment and be like, oh, if you can't drive a manual, then you shouldn't be driving a car. But there are a lot of people that, that have never ever driven a manual. And I think, Jada, I'd love for you to go straight down the barrel there. Any, any tips you have for someone the first time, if they've been driving a car but have never driven a manual before and they're gonna have a crack, any tips? down the camera then let them know.
2: Um, oh, This is really tricky. One tip, I asked so many social platforms this question and I kept getting different tips. One tip that I really enjoyed is wear flat shoes. Like right now the shoes that I'm wearing and I'll show you on this camera here, they have a bit of a heel, not a lot, but the shoes that I had were so flat that I could feel the clutch the whole way through and it just made it so much more easier. Another thing that I personally recommend, don't overthink it. I think I went in there the first bit in the car park, I, I kind of got my confidence up and I was ready to go. And then uh, my ego really caught a, a beating um, when I couldn't get started at that traffic light. So I think just take it super easy, find roads or car parks that you're familiar with as well. Um, and that are not too busy to start with. And it's it's all about practice.
1: This is what it comes back to, right? The worst thing, as long as you're in a, an, an environment with a bit of space, the worst thing that's gonna happen is you're gonna stall the car. And that was one of the first things we did. Yeah. I put Jade in the passenger seat and just stepped off the clutch and said, that's all that's gonna yeah. happen. Yeah. There's nothing to be scared of. Yeah except for other cars, but that's a different
0: story. (laughs)
2: And
0: look, this doesn't apply to people who've never driven a car, but if you have been driving a car for a few years already and you go to learn manual, just remember you already know how to drive a car. That was
2: the easiest part, was that like I have in the back of my mind, subconsciously, all the tools and all the skills that I need to drive the car. It's just physically putting the clutch into consideration when I'm doing everything else. So highly recommend if you're thinking about doing it, give it a crack, yep.
0: Yeah. And leave us a comment with your top tips for learning to drive a manual. We'd love to know what you think. So, uh, all right, we'll move on. Um, congratulations, Jade. You've, Thank you you've haven't officially
2: got my man, oh, manual license uh, yet. Yeah, need we'll, some more tips. We'll
0: print, one <laughs> off. we'll print one off for you after yeah. this. Um, okay, uh, we do have a question from YouTube. Uh, a mode8761 wrote in and said, How many kilometres do run flats last? E.g. if you're driving from Sydney to Melbourne and you get a puncture and no tyre shops are open, do you call roadside or do you keep driving?
2: I have a really dumb thing to say. When (laughs) I was was about 12 and I would never forget this and every time someone brings this question up, I remember. I thought the speed limits when it says 80 kilometres on the wheel, I thought that was as far as you can drive.
1: Oh, right, the road ends in 80 kilometres. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's
2: as far as the tyre will go. Yeah. After 80 uh, kilometres, it's oh, on not... Oh, a spare wheel, you mean? Yes. Oh, okay. It's not actually going to work, so... In this
1: case, you are absolutely bang on because a lot of the literature around run flats, depending on how flat they're running, obviously, if the thing's running on the rim, you can't drive anywhere, yeah. but... If it's a slow leak or something like that, about 80 kilometres at 80 kilometres an hour is what some of the manufacturers say you can do. Yep. Although again, if the car starts making horrible metal noises, mm-hmm. yeah. stop, call roadside, get yeah. help. It's, yeah. I think it's a very straightforward answer. So
0: I think the thing is, if you're planning on doing a long trip mm-hmm. and you have a car with run-flat tyres, Go to Bob Jane and just get a spare wheel. It's very much worth having just the spare in the boot um, or at least a puncture repair kit. Yes,
2: most new cars, if they don't have a space saver or a spare, they will have a tire uh, puncture repair kit. Having tried
1: to use one of those, though,
2: that was going to be my next thing. Learn how how to use it. (laughs) Learn how to use it before you go on a long trip because you don't want to be struggling with that for hours. I think
0: if you're going off the beaten track, if you're going off the Hume or the Pacific Highway or one of those main routes, just get a spare wheel because yeah, yeah, you never know what you're gonna run into, where it's gonna happen, or how far away the closest tire shop is, so I think that's it. But in answer to your question, 80 for 80 is the general rule. Or 50 for 50 if you're in America. Um, so just to make that one clear. Uh, all right, guys, we'll move on to. We're nearly at the end of this. Uh, we'll move on to our picks of the week. Jade, you've got uh, a timely one, I
2: think. <laughs> yeah. Ah, so very good. Very well played. I didn't get it for a second, <laughs> and then I did. Um, took me a while. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, so This happened about a week ago now. Um, so Carlos Sainz, science. Science. Carlos Sainz. Science. Sainz. Sainz. I want to make sure I got that right. <laughs> <from> <laughs> Carlos. B. Carlos. He's a uh, yeah. So according to Seven News, I, I was reading the article about it. Um, three people tried to steal his five hundred thousand dollars watch off his wrist.
0: That's why I um, haven't bought one. Yes. That's oh, yes, why. Yes. yes. Exactly.
2: <laughs> um, now, according to the news article, reportedly, uh, uh, Science first got Science sense Science, I need to get this right. Uh, first, got in his car and then ditched the car and then ran on foot after this guy. Um, Following
0: that, the typical Ferrari strategy. Please.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah it was it was really interesting story I think the because we've spoken about it in the office a few times the drive to survive success and obviously all these people it's really scary now I think for Formula One drivers and that was something that kind of brings me back down to earth a little bit and yeah.
0: And it's also the dumbest thief in the world because, to put this into context, this was on the Sunday after Carlos had placed third on the podium in Italy. Yeah, Yeah. in a Ferrari. Ferrari. And then he's still in Italy and someone tried to mug the Ferrari driver. Like, you've got to be the dumbest
1: thief on the planet. That and the watches, the Richard Mille watches that they wear. Mm. Some of them are one of one, but Mm. they're all incredibly limited. So if it pops up on eBay.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, you're going to know.
1: You're not going to look and go, oh, someone's bought Carlos Sainz's watch. Obviously, it's been stolen. Yes, so if you are a would-be watch, Steve, uh pick not a formula one just
2: don't (laughs) pick a new career don't go steal and watch it plot
1: twist it was actually Mattia bonotto (laughs) because he's out of a job at the moment his ferrari severance yes uh scott what's your pick of the week i've also gone ferrari but i've gone old school uh video came up on instagram recently of an enzo being absolutely thrashed around a croatian racetrack i don't know who it is driving but they are a very good driver. Very good driver. (laughs) At one point, this Enzo is fully sideways in fourth gear and he has the foresight to take his hand off the wheel and put the number four up to show his passenger how fast they're going. It is so impressive.
0: Yeah, very cool. Well, my pick of the week is, if you haven't seen it already, uh, Super Cheap Auto released their new um, uh, best performing oils under the one roof. Very, very cool. Has some of Australia's top motor racing uh, people in it. And they're drifting through a caravan park in Queensland somewhere. Uh, but they're all dressed up in old people's gear as if they're uh, all retirees.
1: Right, grey nomads. Yeah, nomads. <laughs> very, very
0: cool. Really good stunts. Uh, really cool to see these people. So definitely check that one out on, uh, I think it's on YouTube and also Super Auto Social. So well worth the watch. And, and it's very cool car stunts in it. But I think that pretty much brings us to the end this week. Guys, you got any final thoughts before we wrap it up? If you're Carlos Sainz's watch thief, please reach out to us. Explain <laughs> to <laughs> us what you were Why? doing. That's yeah. what I want to know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Write to us that I'm a watch thief at okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, All right, guys. It's been a lot of fun this week. Um, next week, Jade, uh, you're not going to be here. So we are going to have a special guest on the podcast. So make sure you tune in for that one. If you haven't already, subscribe. Uh, give us a like. Leave us a comment. Uh, Let us know what you think. If you have any questions, write to us podcast at carexpert.com.au. We'd love to know any feedback you have or any questions you have because we like to answer them on the podcast. Absolutely. Guys, thanks for joining us and thank all of you for joining us and tuning in. Thank you you
2: for coming along with my manual journey. (laughs)
0: We'll see you next week.